0: week's episode of The Wow, the podcast that will help you navigate your way through the world of adulthood and the uncontrollable forces of womanhood. I'm Georgina Beasley, your host, and in today's episode, I speak with Ruby Lee. Ruby is an intuitive business coach, and she is here to share her incredible knowledge with us around starting up a side hustle and turning that into a full-time job where you can earn money from and feel very fulfilled in life. I absolutely loved this interview with Ruby and I really hope you guys can take away lots from it and I hope that it inspires you to go out on your own and to start whatever business ideas or whatever side hustle that you are wanting to achieve. If you do enjoy today's episode please subscribe or click follow leave a review and share it with your friends and if you haven't already you better come join us on Instagram at the wow podcast underscore. Hello Ruby and welcome to the Wow podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me here Georgina. This is so so gorgeous and I am I'm so excited to see you know what comes from today's interview.
0: Well these feelings are definitely shared. I've been following you for some quite some time and you've definitely been on my hit list of guests to speak to so I'm so excited that we finally get to sit down and have a chat. But before we jump into things I would like to start with an acknowledgement of country. So I'd like to begin by acknowledging the Ngunnawal people, the traditional custodians of the land I reside on, and the Yugambeh people of the country Ruby resides on, and pay my respect to their elders past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners here today. So Ruby, I mean, obviously I know a bit about you because I've been following you for about the past year, but for those listeners who aren't maybe aware um, of, of what you do in the big wide world, would you mind sharing that with them?
1: Sure. I always feel the easiest way to go through that is almost a dot point mm-hmm. system of this is, this is all the things that I've done. So I quit my job nine to five. I, I did the, the thing where I went to uni, worked for 10 years as a recruiter in the tech startup space in Melbourne, Australia. And then I moved from there into starting a side hustle and helping people grow their careers That ended up being such a beautiful chapter of my life where I really got to understand more about me and dabble in the world of entrepreneurship. Eventually, I went all in in 2018. So I've been in my business now for three years and I am now an online business coach. I'm an intuitive I am prior to all of the pandemic happening, a, a digital nomad. It's weird sort of saying that now because we can't travel. But um, for a good couple of years, me and my young family just lived the laptop lifestyle and we traveled all around the world with our business, coaching people from you know all, all over the world. and that's just been such a beautiful experience. And now we've settled up in the Gold Coast in Australia. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's a whole new chapter of really being in business. Online coaching is such a, a deep, deep world and I um, I'm just so blessed to be where I'm at just with all of that, you know, so much in between that journey is about self-love and self-discovery and worthiness but also just stepping into this space of being all of you as a coach, as a personal brand, as an entrepreneur. So there is a little bit about me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not a little bit. There's a lot. You, you are incredibly inspiring. I'll be putting all the links to obviously Ruby has her own podcast and I'll be dropping the links to that along with her um, Instagram page in the show notes for you guys to go check her out. But what I find so inspiring about you, Ruby, is, is that you've really dedicated your personal brand and your business to helping other people succeed. And I think that is just so special because we were chatting about this just before we jumped on Mike, but women, there isn't, there hasn't been traditionally a lot of space for them to talk about running their own business. I mean, this traditionally a business the business world is predominantly male and has been for such a long time and it's so fantastic to see space being created for women to start running their own businesses and and to you know not fit into that traditional stereotypical mold that the patriarchy has created for us and to really expand our views and visions and goals so I just absolutely love that you're assisting so many women in I guess achieving those kind of desires and achieving those goals in their life what do you love about it so much
1: the basis of why I started the business was this idea this concept of choice and freedom And being able to choose when I wanted to work or where I wanted to work, I have this dream board that keeps evolving itself. But I remember when I was still working in my nine to five, I had this beautiful picture of Santorini and I could just see myself sitting there by the sea with my laptop, building a business that was so abundant that allowed me to continue traveling and seeing the world. And yet here I was in this office going, how will I get there? But slowly, very surely, step by step each day, I started to make changes in my life to take me closer to that goal. And even if it meant, you know, during lunch breaks or in the evenings and things like that, where I would research how to start a website or how to write an Instagram post, how to make an offer, what tech systems I needed to begin my online business, All of that started to become a reality. And that's what I love the most, that we live in a world where the possibilities are so endless. We are so blessed. We are so lucky to live in this generation where any one of us can start a business right now. The point of entry to beginning a brand is so low. And as much as we want to sometimes, you know, kind of succumb to all of those thoughts around our fears of, oh, but everyone's already doing it, or I don't have an original idea. That almost doesn't matter. So long as you start, the more of you, the more authentic that you are, you will end up standing out. And that becomes a whole other journey in and of itself, discovering who you are. But that's what I love the most about it. Just the pure, Deepak Chopra talks about pure potentiality and living in that reality every day that we have a choice and we get to make these decisions that ultimately shape our dream lives.
0: So we're going to chat a little bit more about, you know, how we can actually start a business if this is something that you're interested in doing. Because I think for, I know personally for me, like this has been something that I've been aspiring to do for a while, but you end up just, it's, it's that starting point that makes it so hard, you know, it, is my idea good enough? How is it actually like, how am I going to be able to do it all? How do some of these things work? And I think if we can hopefully educate a few of us here today on some of those starting key fundamental things that you need to get your business up and running, that hopefully a few of us can walk away and start this journey that you have. So to begin with that, in your eyes, Ruby, what does make a successful business? A successful business comes down to how much
1: you love it. Honestly, I know that sounds quite fluffy, but I've seen so many businesses start and stop and start and stop because the person that's creating it isn't fully understanding of what they're making in their business. And that often comes down to, well, do you actually love what you do? Would you be here when times aren't going so well? Are you the person that's going to continue, you know, giving it life and hope and faith and trust that things are going to work out? Or if it feels easy to walk away from, that's often why so many businesses fail because they didn't really love it in the first place. There are, of course, other elements to that, but it feels sometimes as though all roads lead back to that of why someone had abandoned a brand that was seemingly doing okay, but they ended up in a place of burnout or they ended up in a place where it crumbled so fast and so easily. It simply comes back to the fact that they just truly weren't connected to their purpose, their why, and ultimately, you know, loving what they, what they built.
0: Mm, Absolutely. So what do you need, like in your eyes, what are like maybe the top three or four fundamental things you need to start a business?
1: I would say the first thing is just getting very clear on what is it that you're building. And often this is the place that we get stuck for a bit and that's okay. I'd rather that you do that because if you don't have the fundamentals of this answer set in place, you'll end up just being on that roundabout for a little while. So for instance, I would if you know you want to start a business and you're trying to work out, okay, I think I've got this idea, I think I've got this spark, find people that are reflecting a part of your vision. I call these people expanders, people who help you see the next stage, the next step. And it's not to say you're copying what they're doing, but you're being inspired by the path that they've already blazed for themselves. And you know that there's a version of that that exists within your own desires, the the things that you want to create, and I think that's so important to do first and foremost. Secondly, I would be immediately surrounding myself with people who are in the same ish journey or frame of mind as you. If you're trying to do this, and the people around your inner circle, your friends and your family, are simply either unsupportive, whether that's you know uh, you know on purpose or just completely you know just they they have no idea that they're not being supportive. Find people, whether it's online networking groups, start speaking that out loud because you will find that you're attracting the right kind of people who spur on your ideas. There's so much beautiful energy behind that. And thirdly, if you feel as though you've got no idea where to start, Just begin by, I mean, YouTube was my first coach. I'll always say that. YouTube was the place I went to, to start my podcast, to work out what online business was, to work out all the systems that sat behind it, start really researching it. And, you know, there's that old saying of you can't just find the time you've got to make the time. I went, you know, taking, taking you back to when I began, I started to just put aside that Netflix hour or couple of hours after work, I started to really dive more into personal development just through the means of free resources. So they are the three steps that I would take if you're super early on in discovering what kind of business to begin and how to start.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think they're really, I mean, like you said, the world of the internet, like with YouTube and everything else that's available to us, there is often everything that we need right in front of us. But like you said, it's it's finding that time. It's instead of watching Netflix or spending that like 45 minutes scrolling aimlessly on Instagram, um, it's stopping yourself and saying, no, I need to set aside this time to pursue like this passion of mine that I really want to achieve. When it comes to business and cash flow, how important like i mean i think all of us if we could just like stop working 9 to 5 tomorrow and start our own business we could but unfortunately money comes into it because we just we live in a capitalist world and how important is having cash flow to starting your business and what tips do you have surrounding that
1: Yes. So I love this because this is often also where I see the excitement of starting a business and the reality of it becomes very real. Mm-hmm. And I've had a number of clients who have quit their jobs, they've gone in with their business and they have just such a short runway of savings and such a short runway of cash flow that what happens is there's a level of energetics in there where. It, feels, it starts to feel really grabby and desperate and you start to fuel everything with anxiety and, and people notice that. People can see that online or it's felt amongst your family, your friends, and you start sort of thinking, what's, what, what's wrong with Georgina? Like what's going on? This is supposed to be really exciting. So it does come back to the very practical ways of setting yourself up for the best success from a financial perspective. So pick a number. So the thing is, I really, I knew that I had all of these financial commitments. So I'm a mother of two. I have a mortgage. I have certain, I have a certain lifestyle that I want to maintain. And when my husband and I talked about wanting to start a business together, so this was kind of a double whammy because he wanted to quit his job too. And I wanted to quit mine and just having all of that income seemingly come to a halt. We had to really look at that financial runway. And so we started to almost put down, there's this boring word, the budget of what it would look like if we could save up to a certain point where we wouldn't have to worry about earning in our business for the first six months. So we wanted to go to six months so that there was freedom for me to learn. There was freedom for errors. There was freedom for discovery and curiosity. And that was one of the smartest things that we could have done. So whilst it wasn't easy to wait the six months because yeah, you know, absolutely. sometimes
0: it's just like, you just want to get into it and start doing it. But yeah, like you exactly. said, the reality,
1: yes, the reality of it, the six months. And, and that also looked like being very disciplined. I didn't go out as much on Friday nights with my girlfriends or it, you know, I just sort of cut back a lot on the things I didn't need, like the clothes and all of the things that you don't really think about as much, but I knew that I was putting away into something that was going to create so much more joy and deep fulfillment in my life. And when that six months rolled around, I was so ecstatic. I was so ready. I marched into my boss's office and I said, I'm going to give my notice and all of this. I mean, I was really transparent around my side hustle up to that point. So it wasn't really of a surprise, but it came from such a great place. Starting the business came from already a place of abundance and a place of not feeling scared of what would happen if dot, dot, dot it was like, great, I've got six months, I can build on this. And because of that, the business grew so fast. I truly believe that because I had that buffer. And by the way, I, I never had to really dip much into that buffer. So we that buffer has only really grown now, so much so that now let's say nothing came in through the business and Know, nothing was coming back in terms of dividends you Still or, have a safety net it's still a huge on. runway yeah. yes yes yeah. yeah. so it, it's it starts to grow fast if you allow it to
0: you're very lucky that everything and I mean you deserve everything to have gone successfully for you but for for people that do work really hard get that six-month buffer and then maybe they're five months into running their own business and things still haven't taken off they're not where they want to be how do you navigate that space because I think that can be a really like you said before the pressure and stress of having a financially successful business and when things aren't running successfully if the business isn't making money it becomes obvious online when you're putting pressure on you know your surrounding audience to help you and sustain the growth but what are your tips then? Like, when do you go, okay, this isn't going to make it and I need to find another job to help me? Like, at what point in that runway do you go, I haven't financially yet found, you know, a comfortable level where I'm able to live my life and survive off my income. So I need to look at other options. Like, what are your, what's your advice around that?
1: So I'll take you back. chapter, And this is when I was so desperate to leave another job of mine. And, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I was on maternity leave actually. So that happens a lot for women, right? Like you've got time and you think, oh, imagine if I got to just stay at home like this all the time. And I actually quit. I wanted to quit my job and I ended up resigning saying, okay, I've got this, but I didn't have the runway. So this is the chapter before I didn't have the financial runway and I ended up doing a lot of research, scoping things out, building my website, um, you know, trying to get clients however I could during my maternity break. But I knew that it just wasn't the right timing. I could just tell my energy wasn't in the right space. And this is fine. This is, I think, part of the journey of realizing, okay, oh, hang on. Let's just sometimes it's like take a couple of steps back so that you can propel forward. If you were in that space, it's so normal to be there. And my solution was to go back and find a casual contract or a part-time job that could help bridge the gap. So if you know you're in a place where financially you're not ready to jump fully into your business, and luckily in the online coaching world in general, whatever niche you're in, the startup costs are really low in comparison to starting a brick and mortar business or starting a product based business where you need capital if you're thinking about starting coaching or training online that the fees are so low it's your website it's some tech fees like it's just so accessible so from that place i knew i knew the money that i had to put down in order to grow it successfully and so i said well i'll i'll pick up a contract role for 3 months and i'll put that into my runway kitty. This job I ended up staying in for 18 months. I loved it so much. I was doing it part time. I ended up just falling so in love with the company I worked for. And they just kept saying, stay on. And they started promoting me. And so I guess that kind of caused another fork in the road around, hang on a second. Do I actually want to start my business or do I, do I stay here and stay in the comfort of having a paycheck every single month come in? But that that was the chapter prior. And then in that time, I really built up such a beautiful, you know, pot of savings. So that's it. If you are feeling the pull to go back to a day job, that's not bad. That's not wrong. That's not a failure. That's just you making a smart decision so that you're not ending up in a place where you're financially in trouble. So go do the thing. Listen to your intuition.
0: Mm. I love what you just said then just then about, you know, Looking at it not as a failure, but actually looking at it as a really smart decision, because I think so often, you know, the rhetoric around doing that would seem or um, may look to some as a failure, but to you in your own eyes, I think it can be sometimes the best option um, for moving ahead and, and for the business itself. So I really like that changing the narrative, I guess, and changing the way that you perceive decisions to be, because I think so often we think that if we had to go back to a job, if we're just trying to launch our business and it's not going out, that that's a step backwards. Whereas, like you said, a step backwards is sometimes what you need to take a couple of steps forward. So I really like that idea of changing the mindset and really viewing those kind of different decisions in in a different way, in a positive way.
1: And I'll just add something else to that. I mean, if we take it out of the scope of a day job into starting a business and purely just looking for funds to grow something that you believe in, if we just take it up a level, everybody does that. If you think about it, There are people who have been in Hollywood and they've taken movies because they know down the track, it's going to grow their foundation. It's going to grow their, like Jessica Alba. I love her so much. She'll go in, she'll build her wealth through movies and TV shows and whatnot, in order to grow her amazing business honest. And that's something that she's been very open and very vocal about to say, I knew that my career was coming to an end because I wanted to grow this business. That's exactly the same thing. Going back, getting a job, going back and scoring that Hollywood role, whatever it is, and then coming out of it going, cool, I've now got some Um, some more capital that I can play with to put into the things I love. I came from the startup world and, you know, a lot of the amazing coders that I worked with, they were like, okay, I'm here. I'm I'm picking up this contract role so that I can feed that back into the funding of this new app. It's exactly the same notion. And none of them think it's a failure. It's just going out to get more funding. That's Mm. it.
0: Mm, Absolutely. I have some questions from our listeners today. The first one is from Vanessa and Vanessa would like to know, what is the first thing to get right from the beginning?
1: Your vision, Mm.
0: your vision. If
1: you, if you are not certain of why your vision, that the reason why you're doing this in the first place, you'll just keep going around in roundabouts and, and you don't have anything to anchor to. So where I have seen a lot of early stage entrepreneurs fall over is feeling as though the business is unsuccessful because they're not making money, but the business is unsuccessful because you don't have a vision
0: mm.
1: comes back to that.
0: Mm. I like that. The next one is from Melissa Melissa wants to know, how do you know if you have a good idea?
1: You have to put it out to market and test it. That's it. There's there's A, a level of belief and following your intuition and trusting in yourself, but that's simply not enough to know whether it's a business. To know it's a business, you have to put it out there and you have to sell it and you have to listen to the market as to whether or not It's viable product as to whether or not it's something that they want to do. Now that's not something that's like, oh, I tested it for a week and no one bought it. That is that's not testing it. Testing it goes on sometimes for one, two, three years to actually get the product feeling just right. And in many, many ways, I see that as a misconception of, oh, I did it once and I failed. You've got to do it a hundred times and then work out right, this is the best version of what it looks like. So That's the hard part. I think that's the bit that, you know, it's, we live in a world where everything is so short term and so immediate that you kind of think, oh my God, three years is such a long time to test a product. It's, it's actually not, especially coming back to the vision. If you're wanting to leave a legacy, if you're wanting to be in this for the long term, 30, 40 years of your life is three years really all that much? And obviously I'm just pulling that number out of a hat, but it it took me almost 12 months to really work out what I wanted to do. And I'm still iterating. I'm still iterating a lot of my products.
0: Mm. With that, knowing that if you have, have a good idea or not, and the testing, I really like that as a concept, but I think for some people, the testing an idea and can often be one of those things that it's like, well, I don't have the capital to test it. And it's like, like you said, it comes into the financial backing aspect of cash flow and going, okay, I'm, do I create, like we said, that backup savings account so I can go full time with this, um, but to go full time, I want to make sure it's a good idea first. And so before you do that, how do you make sure? I mean, is there is there ways that you can test it before having to really fully fledge it into the couple of years? Or do you think that it's just if you think, feel confident in your idea that it's worth, you know, putting that cash flow behind you so that you can give it a red hot crack and see if it does take or not?
1: There is a really good answer to that and it's called a side hustle. Yeah. (laughs) So this way you're able to have the best of both worlds for a period of time and you will know when that runway, that side hustle runway comes to an end because what happens is maybe your employer starts to notice, your attention's wavering. Nowadays we're very lucky to be able to balance both. Most employers, I say this with a broad brushstroke, most employers now are aware side hustles are a thing Uh, Maybe not so much in Australia, but Europe, US, UK, everyone has a side hustle. Um, So it's just, it's, we're catching up, but we will get there. In saying that, I think um, that is, that is the way, if you're really unsure, then get yourself in a place where maybe you drop back a few days a week at work, have that sacrifice and then pull up your socks with your side hustle. And I did that one client at a time. So I did three days a week and then I would the rest of the days of my week, I'd be like, Oh, I wonder if I can make 5,000 in my side hustle this week. And I'd build from there. It's like, okay, cool. I did that. I'm going to put that money aside. I wonder if I can make seven and a half grand. I'd set little targets for myself up until the point where I'm like, wow, I'm booked out in my side hustle. And I have the faith and the knowing that if I leave my day job now, I could, I could absolutely have more capacity to do this as a full-time job. So if if you're someone who's a little bit more about stepping in cautiously, uh, then do that. And once, once you're there, then you'll feel more comfortable. But honestly, it really comes down to you just having so much trust in the process that trust and also obviously everything we've talked about in the practical side, it's a balance of both. And if you are constantly thinking, oh, I need the cash flow or I need to have that backing, I need to be sure, what happens is you just start um, almost keeping yourself small because you're not going for it. And part of being an entrepreneur is being so brave and courageous and leading the way. Entrepreneurs who overthink some things, they, they will get there. They just get there a little slower. Mm,
0: That leads in really nicely to my next question, which is about that relationship with, I guess, nerves and lack of confidence sometime in, in although you want to trust the process that sometimes you can kind of have that self sabotaging behavior that doubts your idea that puts doubt in your mind that you second guess or you overthink how what's your advice around. I guess, like handling that process, handling those thoughts and building that base of confidence to excel forward instead of, you know, always sitting back and going, maybe I'll try it next month because, you know, I've got so much self-doubt about me. The number one reason
1: that I have seen entrepreneurs lack confidence is because they simply aren't taking action. And it's that whole thing where with momentum and with action comes clarity. I 1000% believe that. And as much as you feel I'm not ready yet to take action, it comes down to you redefining what action means. So are you putting out something every day to say, I'm leading my way closer to what I want to do, which is of course, selling, maybe going live, starting that podcast, all the things that might be stirring up in your mindset because you're not doing the things. So take one step every day and you'll find that confidence will build. If you are lacking confidence, it's absolutely because you're not taking action or inspired action or any steps forward to move that needle. Instead, maybe you you can really if you're listening now and you're thinking, oh my God, like this is really hitting home, that's okay. We're not here to make you feel bad or make you feel guilty for it. It's just, let's wipe the slate clean because whatever you think you've done to take action, it's mostly the action that's been internalized. It's not really come out to the world yet. So I wanna see you doing that one post today or even reaching out to that one person that you'd love to collaborate with or researching how to start the podcast that is action and from there confidence will grow Mm.
0: that is i mean it comes down to that self-awareness doesn't it being really self-aware of you know the doubt that is going on in your mind and putting that aside and and like you said doing that one small action i think i mean you and me both I, i you probably may have had the same experience. I don't know, but I, I know I tossed about starting a podcast for like a solid like 10 months before I actually did it. But then once I did it, I was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever and I just want to keep on doing it. And I can't believe it took me so long to start this. Did you feel that yourself in your own journey? Not particularly with the
1: podcast. My story with the podcast came from feeling so – I it came from a really um, – annoyed space. I was annoyed and I was frustrated and I just knew that it was something that I could utilize in order to help people be their most authentic version of themselves. Mm -hmm. So I actually had a had what, something happened in my family. It all blew up and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so annoyed by this. And I just needed to funnel my energy somewhere. And business and entrepreneurship has always been the place where I find m- most of my energy, where I find most light. I feel so lit up in my business. And I hadn't had a podcast at this point, but at midnight that night, I Googled how to start a podcast. And then this YouTube video came up and I watched several different YouTube videos. And then I was like, okay, cool. I can do this. And I just, cause I've got an, a MacBook, I opened up garage band and I recorded my intro just with the Apple headphones. I had none of this gear and I did my intro. I did my outro. I did a mid reel and I did my first episode. And then I also created my artwork on Canva, which was So hilarious if I go back and look at it. So it's hilarious, but anyway, I did it and I submitted it to Apple and I looked at the time it was 2am. So I did it all in two hours. I was like, okay, here it is. And then by the next 48 hours, it had been approved. And that was the beginning of my podcast journey. Even if you go back now and you listen to the first episode, which I called own your truth. That was the episode I recorded at midnight. night. It just, it went out so hilarious.
0: Wow. That's incredible. But it's so funny. Like, like you said, once you start creating that action and you get that momentum happening, it does all just fall into place sometimes. And I'm not saying that, you know, going out and creating that action means that everything is going to work perfectly. There is always going to be ups, downs and challenges in between. But once you kind of get that momentum going, things become easier. That doubt seems to dissipate so much more and you just have more clarity on the path that you're on being the right path for you.
1: Exactly. And it's not to say, it's like, oh, I've gone through that doubt and I feel so confident now. I mean, like George and I both know it's like up and down, up and down. It's like, oh my God, what I was thinking about this podcast, like pull it down or we've recorded something and it just is terrible. And you think I'm not going to post that. That's awful. Like every single podcaster, personal brand, entrepreneur, content creator has thought that about their content at several points in their journey so far. So if you're feeling that, that's very normal. But what sets you apart is that you're just posting it anyway. Social media moves so fast, it's like a blink of an eye. I, I read the other day, like a tenth of your following actually get to see your stuff online. So don't worry about it. You, and there's always the delete button. It's fine. But so long as you're just saying, I'm gonna do it, that's that's the thing. That's what we're we're that's what we're talking about.
0: <laughs> and you know, I think. The nice thing I've had, and I know that you we were talking off mic, and you've seen both sides of this is that, you know, when I started my podcast, the amount of positive energy, encouragement, and, you know, just really lovely messages I've had from other women going, what you're doing is the best, keep going. They so inspired me to keep moving. And I've, I've, been really lucky in the sense that the women that I've surrounded myself with, whether it be my wonderful guests that I get to chat to, you know, on a weekly occasion, or the people that I follow on Instagram, all my friends that I surround myself with have all really pumped me up and going, you know, we're so proud of you for doing this and, you know, never give up, keep doing it because we love it. Um, that's really helped. But I think, you know, you spoke to the other side of sometimes as a woman being in, in industry or trying to start a business that, you know, this space isn't historically ours, that sometimes other women can tear you down a bit because it, that space can be limited for us females out there. And so it does seem like it's a bit of a competition to get to the top. How mm-hmm. do you navigate that space with, you know, people tearing you down and how do you still find the confidence to get back up and do it again?
1: Yes, I I definitely have been a target at times in in my journey of being so open and um, so visible online that you're never going to be for everybody. It's that beautiful quote, you can be the juiciest peach in the fruit bowl and someone doesn't like peaches and that's okay. That's okay. It's when it's, you know, really targeted towards you so personally and often I feel when that has happened, I mean just a handful of times and, and unfortunately the times that I really think of are from other women and it's like, why do we do this to ourselves? Come on, ladies, we, we're so much better than this. It, it comes down to, I guess, my, uh, my view and, and the way that I've matured in that whole process and thickened my own skin is realizing it's not actually anything to do with you. It's often a mirror that's reflecting back on whatever healing they're going through or whatever process that they're going through and it's triggering something in them. So if you ever do get like an arrow straight towards you, don't don't worry, just put the shield up and it will come back in many instances that, um, sorry, not that it will come back, but it will come back around full circle. There's been many instances where I've had certain people say things to me that have just been so, so hurtful. And I can almost say every single one of those have come back in some way to either say, oh my God, I'm so sorry about that, that I just remembered what I said and I did not mean it that way. It's okay. But in the moment, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel that way. So the resilient side of things gets to be worked on whenever that happens. And often it will also bring up maybe some things in your own um, mindset, spiritual journey, past experiences. It might kind of bring all that back up, but that's only to help us become stronger and to see perhaps some old wounds that haven't really been attended to that you can come back to and say, ah, this is why this has come up. And there were so many things for me around being bullied as a child and then feeling like that was the same feeling of being bullied online and thinking, oh, there's that inner child. Like she's really hurt. She never healed from that. And there was a lot of work that I had to do in that space to then go, you know what? Like she's all good. I'm, I'm so much stronger because of this. And along the way, you just start to thicken up that you know that spiritual skin and that that ability to handle that so much better as well mm-hmm. yeah that's so lovely
0: I'm curious I mean this is something that I, I personally struggle with so I'm, I would love to know your um, thoughts and advice on this but balancing everything I mean it can often be so hard especially in the early stages like let's talk about when you're first starting out that side hustle is growing and it's getting to that pointy end where you're like maybe I could jump ship and go into it full time but you've still got you know You've still got one leg in that nine to five. You've got the other leg in the side hustle. You're balancing both of those as well as a life on top of that and everything else in between. What are your tips for making sure you don't go crazy? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm the
1: best person to ask for that because (laughs) I am such a, I, I just go so deep with the side hustle, like when I was in my side hustle, it was just the thing that gave me so much life. Like I was saying earlier, the business always gave me so much joy that I actually wanted to be in it more. So for example, like I'll I'll walk you through my day-to-day. So I would get up in the morning, get the kids ready, jump on the train to work, which was about half an hour. And in that half an hour, I'd post on my Instagram. So that was my activity for the day. That was me taking action. I'd work my seven hours, eight hours at work, And during lunch breaks, I might be watching a YouTube video on Tony Robbins or something like personal development to just keep me really motivated. And then on the train ride home, I would be answering any emails that came through about my services because by then I was getting inquiries. I had my website up and running and all of that. And I'd come home, do dinner, sit down with the family. And then about 8.30 through to midnight, I would be creating offers, writing an email to my email list, make maybe doing a social media post for the next day that I could post on the train. I might do a live stream. I had started a Facebook group. So I'd go live every single week. I was just just in it. And, and I was like, oh my God, it's midnight. I should get to bed because I have to get up at seven the next day or six. And that was that was it. That was the balance. Like to me, that felt like so much joy. So much so my work colleagues would say, what's with you? Like, why are you so happy all the time? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm working more than ever. I've had less sleep than ever. I feel so rejuvenated. And that's the thing. I think when you find the thing that lights you up, it just somehow falls into place. And then, you know, I guess the the thing that did not feel in balance was my friendships because I simply had no time to hang out with the girls and I was like, mm, okay, that's not good. That's not good. So I'm going to, you know, have carve out like one weekend, one Friday, one Saturday, a, a month or every two weeks where I just get to sit down and have time with them. So that that's the thing. Bring the things into consciousness around what doesn't feel fully in balance. Um, you know, it could be friendships. It could be health and fitness. It could be um, that your spiritual growth, your personal development growth, wh- whichever categories are, you would rate out of 10 at the lowest right now. That's just bringing it to consciousness and saying, well, how can I make the time in my day? And that balance isn't about having all the things all at once. We go through seasons and that season really served me, but sure enough, I had to finish up at my day job in order to bring even more connection and, and build that dream life. But that's what the side hustle look like.
0: Mm, I think from, From what you're saying, it sounds like such a personal journey, like, you know, one, the way that it works for you might not work for the next person, might not work for the other person as well. I mean, balance and finding out what works for you is really going to be your own personal journey. And like you keep chatting to is having that intuitive awareness of this is really fulfilling me and working. And I feel like this balance is, you know, is leading into my happiness Or having that intuitive awareness of I am not happy in this balance that I am like presenting in life and something is not working for me because I am not as happy as I would like to be. And I need to work on this a little bit more. I need to get more sleep or see my prioritize my friends more or whatever that might be. I feel like it sounds like it is such an individual process to working out what aligns for you, your values, your happiness and your goals. Absolutely. Nailed it. I couldn't have said it better. I think that is the
1: perfect summary of balance is not sometimes like what we think it's going to look like. It's
0: more flow. Mm. How do you find your flow in the day? Mm, Absolutely. So what's the best, if you could give one piece of business advice to our listeners, what's the best piece of advice that you've been given that you would like to share?
1: Honestly, I know this sounds so cliche, just do it, just do it. There's no point sitting there. If this, if this conversation is lighting you up and you are like freaking Christmas tree right now, (laughs) you're going, Oh my God, I need this in my life. I need to get started on that idea or that side hustle. We have to do it. The themes that we've talked about today around building confidence and clarity is simply through action. So make, carve the time out, make the time, find flow. I've loved all, all the things that have come out of today's questions and and our chat together. So yeah, you've just got to do it now, babe. Like if you are feeling it's, it's just so hard and so difficult, it's probably just because you haven't done anything Mm -hmm. to move that needle
0: forward. Mm. Do you have a quote when it comes to this that you want to share? Oh, the quote. Oh my God. I'm so, I know that this is, I'm so bad
1: at quotes. Like I'm just not a quotes girl, but I suppose it's just going to be what I said earlier, you know, with action comes clarity. So just do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could keep talking for a really long time. I love everything that you have to say, Ruby. It's just so, it's so wonderful. And I think so inspiring for so many people. So I'm sure many listeners here today are going to be feeling that inspired action to go home and to do something and to make that small step in the right direction of starting whatever hustle that may be. So before we say goodbye, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you, listen to you, reach out to you? Yes, absolutely. So seeing as you're already here listening to the podcast,
1: jump on over to mine. My podcast is called Rituals to Seven. So Rituals is spelt uniquely R-I-C-H-U-A-L-S. And you'll also find me on Instagram. I'm at underscore Ruby Lee underscore.
0: Mm, wonderful and all those links will be in the show notes so you guys can find them very easily otherwise Ruby I just I cannot express how much that I appreciate you providing us with your time today because it's just been so valuable and I've really loved having you on the show so thank you so much
1: thank you so much thank you so much for everyone listening in as well I'll see you soon
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Wow. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation and were able to take away some new things that maybe you didn't know before. I release new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you hit subscribe and tune in next week. Otherwise, you can come follow us on Instagram at Podcast underscore for more updates. Lastly, just before I leave you, a friendly reminder that the information shared in this podcast is general advice only and does not take into account your personal situation or needs. Where appropriate, please consult a professional first. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week.